Welcome to the Feel Great in 5 podcast. My name is Stacy Sabin, former private jeweler and gemologist turned health, wellness, and personal growth strategist. Every week, I will be bringing you a five-minute episode that will inspire you and introduce you to a concept that you can take action on immediately to help you feel great and live your best life ever. You ready? Let's go. Hi, hi, friends. Welcome back to the Feel Great in 5 podcast. Before we start, I want to remind you, as I always say, I'm not a doctor, and this info and research discussed is for informational and educational purposes only. Okay, so let's jump back into vitamin D. Last week, we learned about the latest vitamin D study in Spain that showed dramatically beneficial news about how vitamin D, when given to the hospitalized COVID-19 patients with pneumonia, 98% of the patients did not have to go into the ICU and there were no deaths in those given the vitamin D. And that study is in the show notes of Part D. And within the month, also researchers at the University of Chicago Medicine revealed research suggesting a link between vitamin D deficiency and the likelihood of infection by COVID-19. The study found people with an untreated vitamin D deficiency were more likely to test positive for the disease. David Metzler, uh, the chief of hospital at University of Chicago Medicine, reported vitamin D is important to the function of the immune system and vitamin D supplements have previously shown to lower the risk of viral respiratory tract infections. He also said understanding whether treating vitamin D deficiency changes COVID-19 risk could be of great importance locally, nationally, and globally. Vitamin D is inexpensive, generally very safe to take, and can be widely scaled. So big news from that, Dr. Meltzer. That's the big question then goes to how much is the right dose and what is the best level to be at? If your vitamin D level is 30 nanometers per milliliter or above, you are considered in the normal range. If your level is between 21 and 29, you're considered insufficient. And if you're at 20 or below, you're considered deficient. As I mentioned last week, 50% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D. So if you get yourself tested and find you're deficient or insufficient, how do you raise your level? So the best source I could find was a nonprofit research group focused mainly on vitamin D called Grassroots Health. They said, currently the Institute of Medicine has set their recommended daily allowance of vitamin D at 600 IUs, their upper intake level at 4,000 IUs, this is international units, and their no adverse effect level at 10,000 IUs per day. However, the vast majority of the population will not reach a vitamin D level of 40 to 60 nanograms per milliliter if taking only the daily recommended amount by the Institute of Medicine. So they said that based on their panel of 48 vitamin D researchers and scientists, looking at a starting serum level of 20, close to the population average, an intake of at least 3,300 IUs per day would be sufficient for about 50% of the adults uh, to achieve a level of 40 nanogram per milliliter or greater. Some will require more, at least 4,700 per day would be sufficient for 90% of adults to achieve a level of 40. Now, these intake levels may seem high compared to recommendations by the Institute of Medicine, leading to concern from individuals who are not aware of the wealth of vitamin D research demonstrating its safety. 
So their recommendation from their 48 researchers and scientists on vitamin D are recommending 40 to 60 as an optimal level. Now let's look at another important issue, that's absorption. What are you taking with the vitamin D? There's the topic of K2 and how I understand it is its importance is to be supplemented with vitamin D in order to not have calcium buildup in the soft tissues. Again, speak to your doctor because if you're on blood thinners, K2 could thin the blood more. Another thing is magnesium. Magnesium will really increase the absorption rate of the vitamin D. So that can be good, but again, if you're gonna supplement at higher doses, I'll say it again, ask your doctor and check your levels frequently. So how about skin and absorption? You've heard about going out in the sun to get your vitamin D. And yes, your body does produce vitamin D from the sun. It goes through the cholesterol in your skin, which is different than the blood cholesterol levels. But the amount that you process does diminish as you age. And now the standard recommendation to get your vitamin D from the sun is 15 minutes out in the sun between 10 and 2 in the afternoon with 40% of your body exposed. Also depends on how close you are to the equator. And let's get real, given our current day habits of being inside for work, school, and most things, and our practices of covering up, putting sunscreen on and avoiding the sun, most people surely don't get that much sun. And another major thing often not discussed is skin tone. Do you know that darker skin has a much harder time absorbing vitamin D? For example, African Americans have two times the rate of being deficient, and any type of darker skin tends to have lower absorption rates as well. So supplementation is critical for these populations. I can't discuss vitamin D without mentioning another incredible study from Grassroots Health about vitamin D and breast cancer. There's a huge link there, and their study showed women with vitamin D levels at or above 60 nanograms per milliliter had an 80% lower risk of breast cancer than women with levels at 20, uh, less than 20. Now, I'm going to link that amazing article that has tons of info from grassrootshealth.net, just a fantastic organization, and you can find that in the show notes right below the play button on your phone and share those studies with your doctors and your friends. Okay, let's jump to food sources. Remember way back to the olden days where the children had to take a spoonful of cod liver oil? I didn't have to do that as a kid, but I remember hearing about it from older generations. I did try it with my kiddos, didn't go over very well. Um, As it turns out, these oily fishes have high vitamin D. So salmon, rainbow trout, um, herring, and canned tuna even always, by the way, eat the chunk light tuna, which has the least amount of mercury if you're going to have canned tuna. And those are great sources of vitamin D as well as egg yolks, mushrooms, dark leafy greens, Swiss cheese, interestingly enough, and yogurt or milk is usually fortified with D and um, cod liver oil itself. You can always take capsules if the taste grosses you out. Also, a quick reminder, those foods have high vitamin D, but if you're supplementing daily with magnesium and or eating lots of magnesium-rich foods and taking high doses of vitamin D, you will absorb much more vitamin D. That can be good, but it can also happen fast and you will wanna check your levels much more frequently. Again, you really wanna consult with your doctor if you're taking any supplements and especially at the higher doses. So what is our action step for this week? 
Same as last week, if you didn't do it already, get your levels checked so you know how to supplement and then stay on top of checking them so that you can be in that optimal range of 40 to 60 and get the amazing benefits from vitamin D in so many areas of your health. All right, my friends, that's a wrap. And I so look forward to talking with you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to Feel Great in 5. Why don't you share it with a friend? You might just make their day. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. 